Louisa, how are we? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks so much for coming on, or the Scottish geologists, yeah. as other people <laughs> might know you. So, um, I completely found out about you by accident. So one night, sitting scrolling through Instagram, as you do, um, and you were standing next to a sandstone building, and just explaining how sandstone came about. Now, I walk past literally hundreds of these buildings every day. I used to live in one, and I never actually thought about, well, what was that and how did it come about? But you had a really nice way of explaining stuff that so a simpleton like me could under, uh, un, under, <laughs> uh, un, understand it. So I went down a bit of a rabbit hole and started watching all your videos, but I noticed then I noticed I wasn't alone and you had something like 230,000 followers just on Instagram alone. I think you've got another 100,000 followers um, on the other platforms. So how did that how did that all come about it's quite funny because for the last few years i kind of thought about it in the back of my head sorry no no <laughs> and like i thought oh there's not enough out there about geology and i want to be that one that presents it and shows people that geology is not just rocks and that it's a lot more to it than just a rock um so i was in the northwest highlands with my mum last year in april and i was just like mum grab the phone here start recording me and i just winged it i wing it in most of my videos mm. it's like the knowledge is all in here and sometimes i like to just research things beforehand just to make sure that i'm definitely correct in what i'm saying but i just want to you know spread like this love and passion that i have for geology and and promote it because there's not enough people as well that go into uni nowadays to study the subject it's a subject that's been forgotten about there's not many tv programs on the telly that speak about geology it's it's all about nature and wildlife but there's nothing that you know well there's a wee bit like on it but not as much as you'd want there to be in it and that's why i started doing it and i had the idea years ago as I said and I just thought you know what I'm going to do it I'm going to start doing it this year I'm a little bit more settled in my job now and I have the time to do it before I worked away down south and it was really hard to fit it all in but now I'm just like you know what wherever I go I'm just going to make a video even if it is in the middle of a like street Buchanan Street in Glasgow or if it's at Silverburn Shopping Centre like I'll find rocks somewhere and I'll talk about them so so it's just a whim just yeah an, it's just something whim. that I and then I thought you know what I'd love to be one of those TV presenters eventually and have my own show as well but I, I never knew how you got into it I just I studied geology obviously at university as well and I work as a geologist full time and this is just stuff I do on the side and I didn't think it was going to grow the way it did I was like oh my goodness like my first aim was to have 50,000 followers by August last year I only started doing this in April last year and we have 300 followers on Instagram and it went from like 300 to 100,000 like by the end of June and I was like Phew. My God, people like rocks, but I think it's just the way that I explain it. It's the way that, you know, I come across and so make what, it understandable. I guess what's that like when it starts running away with itself? It must be quite a nice feeling oh, when, is, you, yeah. when you start seeing all the followers. Yeah, it's weird, but I don't get caught up in it like because a Good. lot of people do. A lot of people get like caught up in the whole following. Like, they get caught up in the comments, what people say about them. I don't have time for that. No. I haven't got time to scroll through and like see it, read every single message I get and read every single comment I get because there's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be people that don't like what you do or people that are jealous or people that like think that can say something that's inappropriate across a screen but wouldn't say it to me like in my face and I feel like if I did get caught up and into and, and the whole social media thing like you know what it's like nowadays it's ridiculous sometimes and it's not good for the younger ones either like they just look at things and think oh I want to be like her like she's pretty or whatever like I don't give a fuck what I look like I'm just, I'm just on like I'm like hey yeah look at these rocks like look there's a piece of slate I think, yeah. that's, I think that's one of the things that's refreshing about the content mm -hmm. so you're right on social media just now yeah, all the content kind of blurs on each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, everyone's looking fantastic. The production value is very high. Yeah. It's all very staged. Um, but then you've got content that's really resonated naturally just by being yourself and covering oh, yeah. a, a subject you're passionate about. So it kind of gives you a bit of hope. And I've got young kids myself. I would much Aye. rather they watch your content than the mind-numbing rot that they, yeah. they, they, <laughs> they, they, they tend to listen to. So I think... Um, it's got the potential also to do a lot of good. And it's it's funny, we had a, a guy on a couple of weeks ago, um, a guy called Frank, he's a, an old boxer chap, Aye. and he, he did exactly the same thing, just started doing some boxing um, tutorials, and that went viral as well. So it's good to see that people still have attention spans. Oh, definitely. Um, I agree. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Like, definitely. For these types of So um, how do you get into geology? Because I know one of the things that you're, 
particularly proud of is breaking down the stereotypes of mm-hmm. what a geologist looks like. I think about a geologist and it's a guy for Big Bang. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but it's Oh, a, the guy that has a geology but and Sheldon's just like he hates geology. Uh, like yeah. And, and makes oh, fun of him. I, so it's yeah, a big, big, big fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're right in saying that yeah. though. A lot of people like assume a geologist to be either old man with grey hair, like that's presenting I don't know, or talking about rocks and that, or they think that it's someone like Indiana Jones. And it's always like a man as well. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's still more men in the industry than there is that like you know of women. Like, but um, I am not the <laughs> stereotypical look. And like, so how did you enter? How did you? Oh, I loved see back like in the nineties. Like, I mean, I'm a nineties baby, and I loved like the the bad geology movies such as Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones in it. I don't know never if you've seen, seen that. that. You've never no. seen that. <laughs> oh, my God, it's about a volcano that erupts under San Francisco or something like that. Even though I don't think that's happening in real life, but you know. <laughs> anyway, like I liked all those movies, Armageddon, like yep. the one with the asteroid. Even though that's not really, ge- it's still geology in a way. They're drilling on a big rock that's flying towards Earth, mm. um, and then all the kind of documentaries that you had at the time that the, I think the History Channel released quite a lot, or National Geographic, like back in the day, released a few, like that just spoke about plate tectonics. But I didn't know that you can go study geology at uni until I went to a university open day in my fifth year. So. Before that, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wasn't, ve- I was average at school. I wasn't the smartest in the class. So I was quite average. I, I had some credit, like some standard grades that were at general, sitting at general. I don't know what it's like in school. And I, I think it's national four and national five. I have, I have no idea. It's a bit different, but I, I sat like kind of at a standard level and I felt like they always concentrated on like the really smart kids in the class. And I wasn't really one of them. I just thought, oh, I'll just go do fashion design or something like that because I like making clothes and I like um, I like being creative I was good at art but I was also really good at geography that was one of my best subjects but I didn't know that you can go do geology and it wasn't until we went to this university open day I was with my first ever boyfriend at the time that he wanted to be an aeronautical engineer of some sort I don't know what he does now I don't talk to him anymore obviously um, but like we won't go he, that, yeah. I, know, I don't know if he knows who I am now but it doesn't matter who I am <laughs> but he I, we went to this university open day and there was this stall and it had these rocks on it and a big picture of a volcano in the background and I was like you can go study this and they were like yeah and I'm like oh they okay what does this include and it's like you learn about the volcanoes how they form about the different types of magmas different types of lavas that erupt at the surface the metamorphism that happens within the crust at different tectonic settings like when I say, speak about metamorphism that just means rocks that have changed over geological time and even when I did my degree there's also a lot of information that they kind of put towards you I'm, I'm learning every day I learn something new every day like um, even if I'm out and about I'll see stuff that I've never seen before or even through my social medias now people are sending me pictures of rocks and they're asking me questions about it now it's a lot harder to figure out but from a picture what's going on than seeing it in person because you can see the mineralogy of a rock a little bit better in person but I'm thinking to myself sometimes oh this is really puzzling I don't know what's that <laughs> and you know it's always you're always learning in geology so but that was I to answer your question that's how I got into it no it's <laughs> clearly like the, yeah. it's clearly your passion oh and I love it, it yeah and if you can work in your passion you're, you're, oh, you're happy there aren't you um, so into uni mm-hmm. for it um, if anyone's out there listening and wants to get into it is there any subjects is it I would probably recommend nowadays um, taking geography for a start that gives you like the basis, the physical side of geography gives you like a basis of land formations and how the glaciers and that, I don't know if the geology, ge- sorry geology, uh, geography courses are still the same as what they were when I did higher geography but that gives you a basis of what to expect but you kind of go into a little bit more detail about geology now the unfortunate thing is they don't really offer geology and skills in Scotland anymore or I think there's maybe one or two that do it and it's, it is sad because I'd love to I'd love to for us to push it because geology is such an important subject you get like quite a lot of raw materials from the earth that we use like you know like geology is all around you and people don't even like think not just like you know in the buildings and stuff or in the rocks that you're walking a- across the beach but like your tv screen's made of like glass that's made of quartz like all the components in your tv are made up of like little minerals that are found within the earth's crust your battery and your phone's lithium you know like but there's a lot of controversy about oil so we won't go into that (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean like people like don't realize that geologists like 
have a vital role on this earth and it's always a forgotten subject but uh, I can't remember I, <laughs> what did you ask me again <laughs> no that, 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 <laughs> sorry that's perfect and my next question my, my next question was going to be why does geology matter um, oh it does matter uh, it's so matters <laughs> and that you, you, yeah. it's basically in, in everything um, that we do but also tells us our history but and our past does, yeah. as well yeah you're right in saying that and geology of Scotland's brilliant for it because you can look at the geology of Scotland and figure out what's going on in somewhere like the Alps today or somewhere like the Himalayas like what's happening deep within the crust because we can see that at the surface in Scotland and it's amazing but you're right you can you look at rocks and you can tell the different environments like and how the plates moved together and came apart and, and formed supercons and then moved away from each other and then came apart like a few times like over geological time and there's evidence for that and the rocks you can see different climates like like the the climate changing throughout time as well like it's amazing to like be able to point at us and touch a piece of rock that's like two kilometers like from a borehole that's two kilometers within the ground and say oh, that was that was when Scotland was at the equator and we had all these like carboniferous like sandstones siltstones mudstones and coals form at that point like I, I like that stuff like I think it's interesting because it you know teaches you a little bit about what where Scotland was throughout time and it's brilliant. So on that teaching bit, and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be a bit selfish here and use this as a teaching thing for myself here. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned, watching all your videos, you mentioned stuff like the carboniferous, what is it? Carboniferous period. Carboniferous yeah. period, easy for me to say. What are these periods? Okay, so there's like, oh, wait a minute, I haven't, I've never counted them up before. But basically they're geological periods. It's what a geologist refers to when it comes to geological time. Because when we're speaking about geological time, you're talking hundreds of millions of years. And each of these periods usually lasts between like kind of 60 and 100 million years. Now, I can never remember the to and froms for each period, but they are basically been dated back to 4.6 billion years old, right? And you had like at the very beginning of the time, like the, the like, like the periods such as like the Archean period and then it moves on to your periods where life kind of exploded into onto the earth which was your Cambrian period and it goes through like Cambrian pre-Cambrian was before the Cambrian period around 500 million years ago and then it's like so it's pre-Cambrian Cambrian I might get this wrong and it'd be funny if I did <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Ordovician Silurian Devonian um, what's after the Devonian period is that the Carboniferous period Carboniferous period, then Permian period, which was 270 million years ago. Um, oh my goodness, Permian, I like, I can't remember the next one. It's funny because so it goes in, in and pe- out. Are we in a period just now? As a current? We are, it's called the Holocene period, I Right. Like, it's weird though, like, Holocene, it's just the, the Quaterna, the Quaterna period is the most recent period of geological time, and that's when you had all your ice ages happen. Like all your glacial, like um, interglacial and glacial periods, like where the ice sheets have been kind of like coming down from the north and then retreating back up, and that's what's cut like the landscape of Scotland today. So that's known as the Quaternary period. But we're in uh, the Holocene period. Uh-huh. So, so you talk yeah. about the carboniferous. Well, carboniferous. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm to say some of the words. I don't, don't get me wrong. I can't pronounce some of the words in geology as well. I'm just like, how do you say that so when I, I'm reading? I'll get geology that wrong books. constantly. I'm but, hoping to write, re, uh, not read. I'm hoping to write a book eventually, and make it understandable for oh, wow. people out there because there's not enough out there that talks about geology. And all the books that like refer to the geology of Scotland are very, very complicated and you need to have a geological background to understand some of the words but I think I could simplify it you know and so would you is that pitched at kids is it pitched at just anyone who's wanting to learn learn about Uh, well probably more adults and stuff because that's where most of my followers are but I could make one based like you know for kids kids would be a good idea because kids love that that stuff Um, I've got a wee boy five and he's dinosaur mad loves fossils absolutely oh I love fossils loves fossils Um, so in Scotland, where could I go to find fossils with them? Oh, so if you go up to Fife, like Fife has got loads of carboniferous rocks up there and you'll find lots of crinoid stems and bivalve. A bivalve is basically a shell um, like that looks kind of similar to the shells that you get on the beach today, but it's in the rock. Um, you so get go crinoid to one stems. of the beaches? One of the beaches, go to any of the beaches up near Kirkcaldy. Um, I can't, I can never say that. <laughs> Kirkcaldy, I can see Kirkcaldy. that. <laughs> um, it's when I hear someone else say it, then I can see it. Um, if you go up that way, you can find like quite a lot of places up near St Andrews as well. There's like some beaches up there. I'll need to look into it because it's Fife's not an area that I'm familiar with 
like as of yet um, but there's um, a page that I follow called Scottish Fossils on Instagram and they post quite a lot of their really really cool awesome finds and we've drilled like in my job we've drilled across like Fife in a few areas like and we've came across some fossils within the rocks and even plant and tree fossils as well so you can go there you can even go to Glasgow and see some fossilised trees if you want I saw like that in one of your video. Park, aye? but yeah. it, I mean it's shut just now but it's a pretty cool place to go I didn't even know that was there No. and they came across it by accident like back in the day and I'm like wow this is a good accident to come across all these trees sticking out like the ground like well fossilised so, so trees so how did that happen because um, I saw it in one of your videos basically it's a it's a indoor well they put a room over it, yeah, haven't they? Or a tent a room, or they've put this thing like but basically like in Victoria Park there's this there's this rock known as dolerite. Now dolerite is an igneous rock, it's an, an an intrusion, so it intrudes through the crust and that intruded through the crust during the Permian period, two hundred and seventy million years ago. But below the Permian period you have your carboniferous rocks, right? Or well, just kinda in around this this sill that kind of intruded into the crust. But back in the day, like I think in the eighteen hundreds or so, I might be wrong on my dates, I'm not gonna lie, but you can always check it up online. They were like mining the dollarite and they were gonna put a road through the area where they've came across all these trees. And um when they when they were scraping away and mining the dollarite and taking away, they kinda came across the carboniferous rate um layers and during the carboniferous period, which was like ranging between two hundred and ninety or uh, to three hundred and sixty million years ago, Scotland sat at the equator, so the environment was a lot different from today. You also had an ice cap on the continent at the South Pole, which was known as a continent called Godwana. Like, and that ice cap held up a lot of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Like, so there wasn't as much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but there was a lot more oxygen. I think oxygen levels were f- above thirty percent, and they're only at twenty two percent today. So everything back then was a lot bigger. Like your trees were a lot bigger. Your you're like you had dragonfly. I always say this: you had dragonflies flying a bit that were the size of your dog. Like, oh. but like you know, you, I mean, it depends on what kind of dog you're talking about. But um, a big dog. Like a big dog. Yeah. I, know, I told my dad that, and he was like, "You what? Really, Petal? That's class." And I was like, "Yeah, dad. You had like dragonflies that were like this size, and you had like big leaves and." Like insects were bigger because there was more oxygen in the atmosphere. Wow. But at this period, during this period of time, Scotland sat at the equator and it had environments which like switched between kind of swampy forest areas like the Amazon, where you had all of your coals form. And yet, obviously, once all those trees kind of rotted, I would like into it, it would form like coals and it would form like um, mudstones. And and in between that, you had rivers. It would deposit sands and silts, and that's where your sands and silts would come into place. And it all kind of like goes into cycles and it shows as well like the sea level was going up and down during this point in time as well because you need to think about geology back then like even now like it's hundreds of it's millions of years and this this has happened over millions of years the sea levels like rising and then dropping and then rising so you're getting deposition of different rocks over layer upon layer with each other and then those forests which contain these fossilised trees that you find at Victoria Park so they accidentally came across them because they were going to scrape out this area and put a road in like across Victoria Park Park back in the day but when they were excavating they came across these rings like at the surface of where they were going to put this road in and they were like oh these coal rings what are these wow and it, like the coal like the trees themselves actually formed a coal like which was f- formed the bark the old bark of these trees but obviously they're not on the trees no they're no longer on the trees because coal's very brittle and it'll just fall off so when they excavated down and around these trees they realised oh my god this is a fossilised forest wow what kind of trees are these like this is amazing like I can never pronounce it right but the tree is called Lepidendrium or something Lepidendrium I can't even remember how you pronounce it because it took me ages see when I was doing the video I was like how do you say it again (laughs) I should have looked that up before but it is what it is Uh, Lepidendrium that's it Lepidendrium I got it See, it just takes a few saying it in my head and then I know so these trees are referred to as Lepidendrium and um they had this like kind of outer like um, thing made up of coal, the outer bark, and that all kind of flicked away, and then you were left with the middle of the tree. Now, what they think happened was back in the day during this Carboniferous period, there's been a flood where the river that's these these trees have been sitting on a. a a floodplain and the rivers there's been a storm and the rivers just swept and like pushed these trees like over and then you're left with the stumps and obviously the stumps are still on the ground and that's why they're just kind of cut <laughs> like 
the rest of the trees just been swept away and dumped elsewhere. Like, and you can see as well, it's not just the tree stumps that are there, but at Victoria Park, you see that there's some of these tree, what are they called? It's centers of trees. Yeah, trunks that have just kind of fallen over and they've been measured up to 30 metres, like in certain areas. We know that these trees were quite like tall and quite interesting, like wee characters. And the trees as well, they were hollow. So the middle of them's been filled with sand, like which has been deposited by that storm, like that river, like that's came in again and swept in sand that's filled in like the middle of these trees. And also for geological time, layer upon layer gets deposited on top of them and compacts into like what's known as rock like so the sediments compact into rock once they're, they're buried at certain depths like compaction just and liquefaction whatever it's called like kind of just a rock squeezes just, the rocks and it turns them into rock over geological is it, time is a rock just pressure and heat is that yeah something like most of the time that's how it's formed just the more it's buried but except from when you get lava, like that, well, magma, that it's called magma when it's seeping through the crust and then it's lava when it's at the surface. And when that erupts at the surface, that kind of crystallizes straight away. So that's probably just your, your own only kind of rock that forms just by, you know, heat or, well, cooling down <laughs> from heat. So, but yeah, like any other sedimentary rocks are deposited layer up on layer, whether it's like on a beach, like by rivers, like in like an environment, a swampy, like kind of forest environment eventually would turn into like a coal, like mudstone, like in the sea, like you get deposition of all these sediments that are carried by the rivers down into the sea and they they've, they lay on the seabed every kind of rock that, that's like that, that, that has the accumulation of sediments is known as a sedimentary rock. And then your igneous rocks are ones that, that are like formed by magmas. So ones that like that form within the crust, that would be an intrusive igneous rock. And then an extrusive igneous rock is ones that erupt at the surface and they're known as lavas. So it's magma when it's in the crust and then it's lava when it's at the surface. And then your metamorphic rocks are either sedimentary rocks or um, either, yeah, sedimentary rocks, igneous rocks, or even a metamorphic rock that's just been metamorphosed and put under heat and pressure at a tectonic setting, which has caused them to change. Or it could be that the, the rocks surrounding a magma chamber and the magma chamber within the crust that's got magma that's sitting at 1,200 degrees Celsius, it cools very slowly over time, over geological time. Um, the surrounding country rock can be kind of, not melted, but changed like the minerals move about and well not move about but they all kind of yeah like fluids and stuff from the magma chamber and the heat from the magma chamber like cause that oh sorry cause that like um metamorphism on the outside of these rocks so there's there's loads of different things you can go into when it comes to geology it's not just like oh that's a sandstone there's so mm. many different rock types out there and so how how does like so there's a, a slate mm -hmm. on the table oh, here slate. yeah so I how, slate. How, how does slate come about then because it's Okay. Yeah. So slate, this this wee bad boy. I'll just point at the. I don't know what camera to put <laughs> Point at one, they'll pick it. <laughs> yeah. Like so, slate used to be a mudstone. So originally, it was deposited. It, well, mudstone could be deposited in a few different ways. It can be like so slate's mud. Yeah. Basically, it's yeah. basically mud. And what's happened is this mudstone's been. It's it's the first phase of metamorphism, and it, which is yeah, like known as low-grade metamorphism. So this is a low-grade metamorphic rock. It's when you have the beginning of like pressure and temperatures affecting this rock. So this would sit in the crust, like it may be sitting at a temperature around 300 degrees Celsius. And it allows the, you can see there's like lineations in here, like alignments. So the minerals start to kind of change. Like during metamorphism, you have a lot of fluids moving about in the rock. And again, when I'm talking about this like process, it's happening over millions of years. It's not just like an overnight thing like that. Like it's causing all these minerals to align and the pressure and the heat that this rock's put under like causes it to change into a slate. Now a slate then changes into an, a, a, the next rock, which is known as a schist. And a schist is very shiny and glittery and it has coarser grains and that's known as a medium grade metamorphic rock. And then from a schist, it changes into um, what's known as a nice. Now, when I say nice, it's G N, I think I E S S, or it might be E I S. I can't remember how you spell it. Um, but a nice is like a banded, like, like the minerals get to the point where they're buried deep within the crust that they start changing, like, and they separate out into their different mineral bands. Like, so it, it's mental, like, when you think that this can change, like, from a mudstone. It was originally a mudstone, and that's what I talk about the Scotland Highlands, like. 
um, in particular, they've all there's slate in the Scottish Highlands, and then it's, there's schist all over the place as well. And there's there's like these metamorphic rocks that have just basically been put under pressures and temperatures. So this slate's probably formed when you've had like two continents collide with each other. Like because when that happens, or two plates collide with each other, usually it's a continental plate and a um, oceanic plate. I just always use my hands, like I like using my hands. You're fine. And um, because the oceanic plate's a lot denser than the continental plate and that's lighter, the oceanic plate will subduct under it. So this is a um, plate boundary known as a convergent like plate boundary like because it's converging, it's like a destructive plate boundary. It's destroying like and recycling crust. And, you know, this crust has been created elsewhere at a mid-oceanic ridge, such as like the one in the North Atlantic today. So this is how plate tectonics kind of work. Obviously, the Earth's made of like all these different plates and they recycle. The Earth doesn't get any bigger, like, like it just recycles the plate like elsewhere and it subducts under and Push it, it grows, it pushes yeah. you like um, elsewhere when you've got like eruptions at the like um, in Iceland just now, for instance, like and you've got eruptions along that mid oceanic ridge, which is pushing the plates away from each other. Like back in Scotland, like obviously you had that happening and these slates form like by the full, like basically the pushing of these two plates and that might drag a continent along with it. And when that continent collides with another continent, it's known as regional metamorphism, which changes these mudstones into something else. And a sandstone would change as well. And a siltstone, or if you had a magma, like or like a granite, that would change over geological time. The minerals start to align, they get stretched out, they they fold in on themselves because as you, you know, if you're pushing two plates together like what happens to a piece of paper when you push it like together it bends and starts folding I had a really good example that I used last week and like I had a piece of that nougat bar that you can get and it's like this length and if you push that together it's like it's like putty like I don't know how to explain it, but it's ductile deformation it's called like it just folds and that's what happens to rocks when they're put under pressure high pressures and temperatures they just fold fold and I did see yeah. you, you were winding something that was oh, squishing yeah, together. Oh yeah, that's what Yeah, uh-huh. dynamic earth. I was like, this is what's Is that what that is? Yeah. Dynamic earth. Dynamic earth. I love dynamic earth. I hadn't been there like in ages and I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to show up. And I had about five people recognise me. I was like, oh, hiya. Because <laughs> I don't, like, I never know what to say. People have started recognising me wherever I go. Really? Like, even in the gym yesterday, like, I had a guy, like, come up to, like, me and my partner and he, he was like, oh, eh, uh, is that air? Do you make videos about rocks? <laughs> and yes, I was I like, do. yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I do. Yeah, I, so, I, think I, that, I think that's only going to grow, so probably get used to it. Yeah, um, I think I'm just used to it now because it's every day and I'm just like, oh. Well, um, well, in terms of rare earth minerals like gold mm-hmm. and so on, so how, how does gold come about? Oh, gold's a little bit different. Well, actually, they all kind of like come about in a similar way. Uh-huh. It's just due to like fluids that are run. Oh, goodness me. It's probably rare just because of it's like, um, what's it called? I don't know the word for it right now, but it's just it's just rare. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't find gold. Like, I mean, gold's cool to look at and stuff, but I don't have any gold and I've never been gold panning and people always ask me about gold. But it's usually like formed just due to like magmatic processes, like a magma chamber sitting like within the crust that's that's releasing all these hydrothermal fluids that are like veins like that are running through cracks and fractures within the the um the rocks, the surrounding rocks, and sometimes those veins can or those fluids, so they can contain minerals such as gold or silver or fills gold pyrite like or sulfides there's loads of different like minerals that you can find and obviously there's like different there's a there's a gold mine like in tindrum like and you can go gold panning across the highlands but it's usually just to do with like magmatic fluids running through the rocks that are caused by a certain like kind of something going on deep within the crust like um a tectonic setting so you do find gold like in the highlands across like the metamorphic rocks as well in the highlands like because you have a lot of veins that are running through them because obviously when you had to squeeze and the pushing like of the two plates that collided with each other 450 million years ago in Scotland which is known as well and you'll hear it in my videos I go on about it a lot because it's such an important like period of time and it's such an important tectonic event that happened you had like the Caledonian orogeny it's called like and when that happened like obviously it caused all these fluids it caused metamorphism it caused all these squeezing of the rocks and pushing together and 
the fluids that are running through the cracks in the rocks can sometimes contain like minerals such as gold and when they're brought to the surface obviously they erode away from the, the main bedrock and you end up finding them in rivers at certain places you just know and you just need to know where you you know to look for it yeah, and that's people why always ask me they're like where would I find gold and I'm anywhere in the highlands I don't know <laughs> I've never looked at it Tindrum <laughs> God knows like I don't know like, so in terms of um, you obviously you talk a lot about Scotland and how we can yeah. see um, it's a great example of geology on show because mm -hmm. because of landscape but what's a very dummy's guide to Scotland's geological history if you had to sum it up in a couple of minutes in terms of oh my of, goodness I don't know if I could do it in a few minutes but so, we'll try <laughs> um, so dumb it real down to the lowest level here yeah, okay. um, so where did we start we start up in the Northwest Highlands and the Outer Hebrides where you have some of the oldest rocks in Scotland that you can find. Um, and these are actually some of the oldest rocks in Europe. Like, not the oldest rocks in the world because I found out that they're actually up to like 4 billion years old and they're 4.6 billion years old. But the ones in Scotland are known as the Lewisian Ice Complex and at one point they nearly melted in time. So they've been buried at depths like up to 50 kilometres like within the crust. Like, and they just represent a basement. Like, they represent this, what's known as the North Atlantic Craton now a craton in geology is just an old piece of crust that's that's not really been affected by much like going on like it's not really been destroyed and now usually obviously as the crust recycles itself it's subduction zones and creates new crust a lot of like earth's history is sometimes lost or buried deep within the ground and we can't see it but the special thing about like Scotland is you can see like quite a lot in Scotland and you can travel 500 miles across Scotland and find all these old rocks like in the northwest highlands and our Hebrides that are pretty cool so yeah they're up to three billion years old and that's our beginning of time in scotland like found in that northwest islands now when so where you was that have to, <laughs> oh it was back like during the oh maybe like in the southern hemisphere now i'm not too sure three billion years ago where scotland was i might be wrong in saying that it was probably part of super, i think it was there was, there a, was big a super, super continent yeah. back then called Rodinia. I, I don't know if that's right or not because that might have been that might have been the super continent before that. If it was, it's between like two and three billion years old that these rocks have been dated as. So it might have been in that place. But I need to look it up. But yeah, might be wrong after this and be like, oh yeah, just uh, ignore that. <laughs> um, yeah, like so. Those are like the beginning of time in Scotland. Now Scotland's made up of different what's known as geological terrains, and this is probably the easiest and simplest way to describe what's happening in Scotland because you can cross different terrains and realise that the geology is much different to like certain areas. So uh, it'd be class if I had a geological map, but I don't. Um, <laughs> so you've ha you've got your Hebridean terrain, which is has older shots in Scotland, and that's your, your outer Hebrides and your like um, kind of edge like up where the northwest highlands are like um, at that west coast you've got your older rocks um, and you've got some other rocks that are a billion years old which are known as the Torridonian sandstones they were deposited before fossils and before life existed on earth so it's weird looking at a sandstone and not seeing any fossils in them but they were all kind of put there like um, by braided rivers back in the day like 1,100 million years ago or 1.1 billion years ago and you've got also your Cambrian quartzites and your Durness limestone and, and all that jazz. So there's sedimentary rocks in the Northwest Highlands that sit on top of these older rocks and that kind of makes up your first terrain of Scotland when you look at a geological map and I probably will do a video on this explaining like the different terrains of Scotland because it is really hard and complicated to try explain it but your next terrain like sits like just like south of that and it, it, there's a fault that runs through Scotland that goes from Inverness all the way down to Fort William and you can see it on a map it's known as a Great Glen Fault and it runs right through where Loch Ness is that's why Loch Ness is there because this Great Glen Fault runs through it and the Great Glen Fault formed during like that Caledonian erosion and what's happened is like it's kind of like as the two like these two plates kind of slided past each other like this fault was like something like similar to the San Andreas Fault today every now and then it slips and slides and causes earthquakes and that's what this fault was doing back in the day it was sliding and it pulled all these rocks that were up here in Scotland down and you've also got Inverness here and and you know, it probably doesn't make sense because I'm doing that. Like, I'm trying to, like, imagine it in my head. So as that was going on, like, obviously, it, back then you had th these rocks, like, that were um, in the north West Highlands, known as the Moines Supergroup. But I think their name's changing, but they're metamorphic rocks. And they, like, were deposited originally back 
like I think it was like a thousand million years, eight hundred million years ago, and they were like deposited in a like a um, kind of like marine like area, like just sediments that were just dumped into the sea. And what happened to them was they got caught up in that mountain building event, that Caledonian erosion, and metamorphosed by all this like whilst this like great Glen Fort was moving like down. Is it still moving today? No, I mean I don't know. Like maybe a wee bit, but minicule. Like I would say like tiny little amounts. We still get earthquakes in Scotland but they're tiny like, and it's just like little movements within the crust faults obviously there's no there's not really like plate boundary a plate boundary here like um, that there was back then like where you had the subduction zone going under like basically you had England because England and Scotland weren't always together we were separate like from each other you had that, England I know because <laughs> that's like <laughs> what happens in actual history as well and you learn that in history but it happened in geological history so England was on a continent known as Avalonia and Scotland was on Laurentia and they both came together during that Caledonian erosion that, that formed the mountains of Scotland the highlands of Scotland like, but between like you've got like these thrust faults as well like a thrust fault forms in a mountain belt, belt so you know how that video of me like spiraling like the the rocks and you see the rocks like moving over like on top of one another it's when like older rocks are pushed on top of younger rocks and that's what a, a thrust fault is it's just these these rocks being pushed over like geological time like over each other like and they, they, that happens over you know millions of years like and it's quite cool and interesting to see that this happens in like the middle of a mountain belt and you can find it in Scotland but I like oh, going back to my story about actual like it's hard to explain to be honest like it's trying to dumb it down it's like a bit like hard but I mean hopefully it makes sense um, but yeah you've got your metamorphic rocks that make up the highlands like and they like south of Inverness all the way down those are known as like the Granfian highlands all the way down to like a certain point where like kind of the mountains disappear I don't know if you've ever been up the A9 you're travelling along Scotland and all of a sudden all these mountains appear or even up by Loch Lomond you can see that there's something going on there so there's another fault line that runs from Stonehaven all the way through down to like Helensburgh then through on Aaron, and that's known as the Highland Boundary Fault Line and that separates the lowlands to the highlands of Scotland so the highlands are made up of your Dalradian supergroup in this area which also has granitic magma chambers intrusions like that you can and like uh, different lavas and stuff across it as well that, that are represented like that formed during that period of time yet again like during the Caledonian erosion like it's all to do with this big major tectonic event and the, there was another one called the Granfian erosion as well which was before the Caledonian erosion that affected these rocks too but they're all like very very um, I was going to describe them as fucked up but I don't know like, if I can say that but like you know they are all like very metamorphosed they've been through several different deformations like they've been deformed like over and over again they've been pushed squeezed pulled apart like like these rocks have seen some history and you can go see it and see the evidence in the rocks where you have like these massive structures where the rock was once like that and it's now like that it's just completely folded in on us and then it's folded again like so it's so weird pressure, to, yeah, yeah like jeez oh. like what's going on here <laughs> people might look at it and just that's just a rock that's not just a rock that is something like that's that's showing you that the crust is like ductile under certain pressures and temperatures when it's buried deep within a mountain you've got tectonics involved and stuff so aye like you've got your highlands your Grandfian highlands all those metamorphic rocks and then you've got your lowlands like which is the lowlands boring but is that yeah this yeah. is where we are now oh. <laughs> <laughs> so underneath us you've got your carboniferous I mean carboniferous rocks aren't that boring sometimes they're alright like especially when you find fossils in them but for me sedimentary rocks are like mm, like they're alright like I don't mind looking at sandstone every now and then but your your main like rock types your kill cool rock types are in the highlands like so across like the Midland Valley known as and this next terrain which is like Glasgow like all the, the basically between that fault line that goes from Stonehaven to to all the way through to Arden there's a lot of coal as well yeah there's there? coal as well so that's where your coal forms during your carboniferous period you've also got your old red sandstones in the north and you can see this old red sandstone across some areas in Glasgow some areas up near Stonehaven uh, just south of the Highland Boundary Fault sorry at Stonehaven and, and um, at Abrove Cliffs like they're all made of, of old red sands what you see at Porton Cross at, um, down the coastline like on the Isle of Arden as well you've got it on Cumbria like the little wee I 
Cumbria, like however you say it. I should know that I'm from Largs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my dad will be laughing at me when he watches this, but <laughs> I like uh like, so you've got your old red sandstones. They were deposited during the Devonian period. And that's all the sediment that actually was eroding away from this, these big, massive mountains that were forming in the north. Because as obviously I said before, you had the two continents collide with each other and it, it caused all this crustal thickening and caused these mountains to grow and the rocks all foliated and ended up all like deformed over geological time and as that was happening also the erosion like the rivers were taking the sediments and dumping them and what's known as a basin like the Midland Valley was a basin at one point where like obviously you had the transgression and regression of a sea level like you had forests like as well at one point like um, so the environment changed it was like massive like rivers like crossing like the area and as Scotland moved northwards like towards the equator then you had like the formation of your coals your sandstone siltstones mudstones coal sandstone siltstone mudstone coal over and over again and your coals also come from those forests that once existed like where you can see obviously at Victoria Park as well like and that represents all your kind of Glasgow and Edinburgh there and that's the reason why Glasgow and Edinburgh are actually where they are because during the Industrial Revolution now I know that there's a lot of controversy about this as well because it's stupid coal and fossil fuels um, but that's an unfortunate thing you have to talk about sometimes in geology as it is you know it's part of history you have to learn but um and they didn't know back the, the back in the day like what what coal was going to do to the environment. So you know, um, but yeah, that's it. We wouldn't be in Glasgow like here today like without coming across those coal measures, like the coal measure formations, like the the, the form, like and they've taken obviously all that out, or like most of it out, and they, there's mines all over the place, and like and same in Edinburgh, like you've got all these coal formations, like which represent that carboniferous time, like two hundred and like ninety to three hundred and sixty million years ago, and then after that, Scotland went into like a period of time where it was situated in the middle of a continent, the supercontinent known as Pangaea. And that's when you had like similar kind of added an added environment, a similar environment of what you see in the Sahara Desert today. So that you had like wind flowing about and depositing all the sand on sand dunes, and the sand dunes constantly moved about. And you can see that in the rock record as well. And it's amazing just to look at it and see it in the scale that it is on the beach. And you're like, I'm touching rocks that formed in a desert right now. Like that's cool. And obviously oh. they've they've they've, they've quarried it and they've made buildings out of it. They've made buildings out of the Carboniferous sandstones as well. And that's when when you're walking through Glasgow, you're like, yep, it's carboniferous sandstone, your white and yellow sandstones, and then your red sandstones, your either your old red sandstone or your what's known as a new red sandstone, your Permian sandstone that depo was deposited during the that that desert kind of area where you had the movement, all this I sediment by the wind. So it's just cool and interesting, like to think that that's found in Scotland. Like, and then you move to the southern part of Scotland, which is separated again by another fault line known as the Southern Uplands Fault Line, I think it's called. And these rocks that form in the Southern Uplands, and I was actually like there today because I went to Lead Hills and I seen some of the rocks that, that have formed there and you can see them down by the coast near Garvin and stuff. These rocks like were actually formed when you had that closure of that Iaptus ancient ocean, no, well, known as Iaptus Ocean. As the plates kind of coming down and subducting like underneath, there's obviously sediment sitting on top of this oceanic plate. So what happens to the sediment? It scrapes all up and forms what's, what's known as an accretion of the wedge in geology. And that's what the Southern Uplands is. It's just this accretion of the wedge that formed when England's continent known as Avalonia collided with Scotland's continent. So it is, it's quite complicated and mental when you think about it all. But like, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that made sense. No, it does. It perfect sense because over that, there's, there's desert, there's, there's swamp periods, yeah. there's, um, there's glaciers. Uh, I forgot about the volcanism. There's volcanoes Sorry. everywhere in Scotland, isn't there? <laughs> there Old is, volcanoes. Yeah. Extinct volcanoes because people are like, are they still active? I'm like, no, they're not still active. You're not going to die. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you had lots of periods of volcanism and it depended on the tectonic settings like of where Scotland was. But the most recent one obviously took place that rep is represented by some of your lovely main islands off like the west coast, your Isle of Skye, your Isle of Mull, the Isle of the Little Ones, Rum and Ardmurkin as well, and the Isle of Arden. They're all old volcanic centres that formed 65 million years so ago. So that's the middle of the volcano? Yeah, like that's the middle. Of the vo they represent like the magma chamber and is that granite? of the volcano. In, mo in most cases, it's actually gabbro, but the on Arden, there's granite. 
Did you that from the curling stones, don't they? That's, they do, uh-huh. yeah. Isla mm-hmm. Craig curling mm-hmm. stones. But granite is found on um, Arden. So that's the middle of a volcano? Aye. That's amazing. It's the middle of a volcano. Mm-hmm. It's a magma chamber. And that's the thing. I'll go up a mountain. I'll be like, I'm standing in a magma chamber. I'm touching this and it's a magma chamber. And people are like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, the magma chamber that formed like you see it in the crystals the reason you know it's a magma chamber is because the crystals are really coarse grained and that's what happens to it when it's in the crust when magma's in the crust and it's sitting there obviously it might be feeding a volcano sometimes it gets stuck in the crust you know it wants to reach the surface of the crust what happens is it usually forms like at these tectonic settings where you have plates gliding with each other it'll partially melt the crust and cause like magma to seep through and end up like going into little different crev- like you know fractures and stuff or like it'll form a magma chamber and that'll crystallise over geological time and allows the crystals to grow. So next time you see like a crystalline, like kind of like coarse grained like rock, it's probably going to be a magma chamber. Like, but aye, that that sits there and then obviously erosion takes place during like the quaternary period. Like our landscape's been cut by massive glaciers, a massive ice sheet that sat on top of Scotland 10,000, 18,000 years ago or whatever it was. And like, it's retreated and went back in and cut all the landscape that we see today, like over geological time. And it's mental to think about that too, because it's cut down like a kilometre or two into the ground to where this magma chamber was sitting yeah. that used to feed the volcanoes in, in Scotland, like between 65 to I think maybe 20 million years ago. Because obviously as the plates moved away from each other in the Atlantic Ocean, it's all this volcanism was happening. So it was spewing out lava everywhere and fed these volcanoes, your main volcanoes. And you can see that today on the um, Iceland, like there's eruptions happening, like even now today, and that was happening in Scotland. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you've obviously got the the concept of well, not the concept, the thing of super volcanoes. Oh, um, I love them, yeah. In the world, <laughs> and they're, they're they're quite scary concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, super volcanoes, isn't it? Because basically, what they're saying, the one under Yellowstone, yeah. if that erupts, we're all screwed. Oh yeah, we're fucked. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what a lot of people say, but it happened in geological time. There's evidence for it. And it, it will happen, won't it? Uh, and it, can, yeah. it actually caused previously, like it's known as the Siberian traps, like that super volcano that existed at one point, and it was when you had the continent, the supercontinent Pangaea, and where Siberia is now. It's known as the Siberian Traps Eye. So where Siberia is, like just now, um, there was a super volcano and what happened is one day it just blew. Like and the whole thing is it pumped out all this ash in the atmosphere and that obviously changed the co- the, the continent, the climate, <laughs> like and caused a mass extinction event. But again, this happened over millions of years. But you lost ninety five percent of life, like at the end of that period of time, like during the Permian, like at the end of the Permian period, that was the like most life ever lost, like in geological time. And they're like, well, what happened here? Of that happened well that, with also a, a few other concepts as well a few other ideas because that's the thing with geology there's always like things that are like kind of not changing like but obviously they, they've kind of settled down recently especially in plate tectonics because maybe like 40 years ago plate tectonics was always argued against and they were like oh you can't prove this or you can't prove that and the same like 100 years ago or 200 like yeah 150 years ago or whatever it was like when people said that oh I think the earth's more than 4,000 years old like they were laughed at like they were like shut up and no, it's like 4,000 years old and don't get me wrong everyone has their own like you know beliefs and opinions and I would never force people to believe in what but, I'm saying but, but they're stupid beliefs you know yeah I'm uh, just yeah. like okay yeah. yeah you just you just sit there and aye, it's, it's not yeah, it's not, not flat. Aye, yeah. I know oh my goodness don't get me started with him <laughs> but yeah like um I well, I can't remember what your question was again. I'm no, sorry. We're, we're on super volcanoes, but the other bit that you, oh, you yes, said with uh, you said within your video um, is Scotland used to have mountains the size of the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. So where did the top of them go? Oh, they've all been eroded away over geological it's time. Simple erosion. Yeah. So like. Obviously, once you had the this these two continents, eventually, like the crustal thickening got to a point where it couldn't like get any, you know, bigger. So erosion's happening, and over geological time, we're talking like millions of years. You have like the stretch in the crust sometimes as well, where like basins are created and different things can happen and affect it. Like, and obviously, like the ice has cut out the most recent, like version of what we can see with our own eyes in the highlands but and th- that's the roots of these mountains but yeah they basically over geological time they've just been eroded away by the natural processes that we have wind water ice so mount everest will one day yeah one day that'll go <laughs> like, i don't know when maybe like in the next hundred million years you never know like 200 million years but 
Mount Everest, that only formed 65 million years ago. Like, or well, didn't even form. Like, as in, see, when you look at the a geological kind of map of time, like, and you see India, and you see India moving. So India, 65 million years ago, was like down in the, what's it known as the Indian Ocean, and India's just kind of moved up and up and up. Because you've got a subduction plate that sits at the Himalayas, like, just now, and that subduction plate's pulling this Indian continent with it, and obviously as India collided with Asia, it just went, and all, all the rocks have just kind of crumpled up and formed these mountains. I mean, a mountain building event can take, like, less than 100 million years to happen, like, even less, like, even 20 million years or so to happen. It just depends on what tectonic settings you've got in place, and obviously the, the crust is constantly changing, and plates are always moving away from each other and then coming back together again and forming different things over geological time. It's, it's just dead interesting. Like, to me, I'm just like, wow, I'm blown away by it because I still don't know what's, even in the future, what's going to happen. I don't know every little bit about it, but... So do As we know? Do we know where Scotland's going to end up? And oh, it's going north still. It's oh, going to get colder. Still north, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, we're still heading that way, like kind of towards the North Pole. It's been heading that way for a while <laughs> since, like, um, I it was at the equator, like obviously during the Carboniferous period, but it was in the Southern Hemisphere maybe uh, more than five hundred million years ago. I like a thousand, like or a billion million years ago. No, yeah, no, a billion years ago. Sorry. Yeah, I get like so geologists yeah. like to refer to it as a thousand million years ago, but it's actually a billion. I, like, can't, I don't I know can't why. Wrap, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around the times. Just oh, it's mental. Uh, it's just I, numbers. I can't, I can't picture. No. Well, I mean, I, I'm just quite happy enough just seeing it in my head and then looking at the rocks and being like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine this happening. Like, but. It'd just be weird to see it. Like, I find back in the day when the old geologists, like the scientists, used to go out and look at these forces and these things and see that there was like older rocks sitting on top of younger rocks and be like, how did that get like that? They were having nightmares thinking that the crust was just going to suddenly move because they thought the earth was only 4,000 years old. So they're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and the whole thing's just going to go poof. Uh-huh. But then they realise, no, these processes take millions of years to form. So and no need to panic. Yeah, no uh-huh. need to panic. Like, and that was the first proposals. It was it was by James Hutton, like who's like kind of known as like I think I've kind of taken his name because <laughs> anytime like someone like says Scottish geologist, they might think oh James Hutton was a Scottish geologist. But you know, I mean. I just call my Scottish, myself Scottish geologist because I'm Scottish and I'm and a geologist. Ge- yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's, that's a perfect enough. name. And people now say, are you the Scottish geologist? I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah take it for yourself. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I, Absolutely. Like, it's um, class. So what's your, what's your favourite geological fact? Oh, what about Scotland or yeah, just in, in general? In general, anything. I'll probably, I, I don't know, it's so hard. Just that there used to be, we've already kind of covered it, but in Scotland that there used to be like mountains that were higher than the Himalayas. Like, or probably around that size, maybe not as higher, like, because we don't know for sure, but there was a mountain built, like, here once upon a time that that were, like, the Alps or were, like, the Himalayas, and that's mad to me to think that that was there, and it's just all kind of been eroded away. But the special thing about it is you can go and see the rocks that you can find in a mountain chain, like, these rocks and minerals that form just in those kind of conditions like the high pressures and temperatures deep within the crust like I think that's amazing that you can go see it and they're at the surface and it's not just Scotland there's places across like even Manhattan like I mean like in New York you can go and see some of the same rocks like that are known as schist and they're all foliated and beautiful and they have really nice minerals in them like gemstones like known as garnets and stuff and I think that's fascinating so yeah probably you can really that. see it in New York because you get to Central Park and yeah. all of a sudden you've got <sighs> All these big stones. Yeah, that's all. That's what I'm talking about. Those rocks. It's called Manhattan Schist, and it's so pretty. See so if you go to New York, like, and obviously, like, have just a look at these rocks. They're brilliant, and there's faults running through them, and there's like veins running through them, and I'm just like, is that what uh, you did when you went to Central Park then? Or? Yeah, I yeah. spent like a good hour and a half in Central Park just walking through it, and my dad and my sister were just looking at me like. And then we went to the Natural History Museum and that's where we were going and I spent like four hours in the rock section, just the rock section. Do you you not want to go see the rest of the the museum, Louisa? No. I'm happy with my rocks, thank you. I'm happy here, I'm fine, thanks. (laughs) Even in Dynamic Earth the other day, like I was in that section, like just the first section where they're talking about James Hutton and and like, I don't know if you've ever been Dynamic Earth, but they have all these rocks out, right? And then they have like in the next room, like I kind of like, 
this globe of like the earth and it shows you over geological time what the continents were doing and I'm just sitting watching it over and over again like yeah that's where Scotland was and then that's when we had the culture and then and there's people walking through going into the next step and I'm just still sitting there like watching this like <laughs> globe going about like changing and I'm like that's so cool yeah I like that that's so, the, yeah. the best part of your videos is when you're talking to something you spot a rock away in the distance and take oh, off after mental. it uh, it's so genuine it's a, a yeah. genuine reaction of somebody who loves a rock oh that's it that's mm -hmm. me honestly it's, it's ridiculous so, anywhere I go I, f I feel like someone should have a camera on me everywhere because I'll come out with funny things all the time about, and I make it f like you know educational but funny at the same time and I think that's why people like it and that's why a lot of people like kind of obsessed with me oh, it's, that's, it's, it's just brilliant. very very you're natural you're very passionate about it you're very like enthusiastic about it and you're, you're yourself and that's what makes a difference is instead of trying to pretend to be someone else and being like this rock formed during the Carboniferous period I'm just like oh right so this rock was back in the day like you know for like, and it just comes out like naturally and I just talk the way I talk the now like I think it just kind of you know and people just are kind of drawn in and they're like that guy that was making me like rocks because yeah. I have had that a lot of people are like I've never thought about rocks before I met you and now I'm looking at them everywhere I go and I'm like yeah see people forget about rocks and see, then well, you... that's a talent in itself yeah. bringing something to understand other things it's, it's a yeah. talent so um, before we finish up what's next for you? oh my goodness um, wait a minute have a drink sorry <laughs> <laughs> I took that at the wrong time um, I've got a few things that are like I'm planning over the next like few months it's just really hard to fit them in because as I've said before I work full time and my job is like could you see my this, main income could you see this turning into a, oh, a mainstream potentially, income potentially yeah I think so it, it will do eventually like but I'm just trying not to worry my work too much because they're like Louise you're not allowed to leave <laughs> and I was like oh no I'm not going to leave um, I want to start taking people on geology tours across Scotland it's something that I've been thinking about for a while um, you said online the that they're fully year. booked out I mean, in oh, terms people, of like, they're, 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 they're waiting for years to come for these tours, especially. Yeah, well, that's it. that's what I've heard from the other tour companies like that are based in Scotland. Like, and also that's just to do with the history of Scotland. There's no one that really offers what about like you know people forget about the rocks. Mines are going to be offering the geology of Scotland, like mm -hmm. the geology of the NC five hundred, the geology of the Iowa Sky. People would be interested in learning about that stuff. I think like, and I have had a lot of people message me, Americans like message me like saying, oh, do you offer tours you offer and, and I, I'm saying I will do soon I just need to like make sure that I've got the correct procedures in place policies insurances I, d I want to do it all right and this will be something that I do in my spare time as well and I'll work around the people that are interested in it but that's one of the things that I've kind of got planned and then obviously I've been invited to do all these talks and stuff and I want to start offering as well like um, maybe geology simplified geology courses and stuff like that, that just not, not really geology like a talk that people would attend and learn a little bit more about like how the air formed or about the geology of Scotland I think there's an interest there for that and then yeah there's the book as well like I keep saying this that oh, I want to write a book on the geology of Scotland like one day I've had like a few people come to me like a few publishers like publisher? publishers publishers <laughs> what's wrong with me I've been saying too many geology words publishers where, it's the end of where the day. did that come from it's because I'm tired and I'm on I'm on night shift um, no I'm alright like uh, so th there's there's been a few of them approached me and asked me if I want to write a book it's just try to find the time like I don't really have the time to do everything and obviously I still try fit in and going on adventures every now and then to be able to get this content for everyone and it's also self-funded so it is hard and it's as well I've just tried to start figuring out how you actually make money on social media so that's something that's new to me can't really make much on Instagram it's really difficult on Instagram but YouTube's the best place yeah YouTube's I've heard the best place but I've been trying to build up watch hours on that like because you have to have 3,000 watch hours to be eligible for it and I'm only sitting at like a thousand so far but I only set up my YouTube like two months ago or something like that like so I've been trying to upload all my videos onto that as we go through it and then I've worked out la like um, last week how to make money on TikTok and I'm like okay this is going somewhere and then Facebook I've kind of like been for the last like because Facebook my Facebook's tied in with my Instagram so whatever I post on Instagram goes on Facebook and I'm like oh that's weird you can make money on Insta uh, Facebook but you can't make it on Instagram but this is all kind of all of this is coming together and it's not much just now but it's going to go towards this 
idea in my head this this geology tours company like that I'm still don't know what I'm going to name it like <laughs> I was thinking Scott Rock Walks That's like, good. because you know it's Scottish Rock Walk mm. like you know Rock a Rock mm. we're going on a walk to see a rock <laughs> no, um, but yeah like and I've been in the process of doing my website I just need to make sure I have everything in place mm. before I actually start offering it but it will be a combination of you can have a private tour like where you just pay a day rate to have me each day and I'll take you wherever you want or I'll set different tours up like the Iowa Sky or NC 500 and I'll, I'll plan them all and uh, do it that way I'm also going to start offering like when it comes to April like May time evening tours where people actually meet me at the location somewhere even close by whether it's a, a beach in Fife to look at fossils or it's in Edinburgh at Holyrood Park or it's even in Glasgow like somewhere or, or you know there's loads of places you can go and look at rocks but they would meet me there at Walk Lomond for instance and um, I'd just take them a walk and we'd talk about the rocks and the different processes like I, I like the thought of doing that as well so that's my, my other idea evening tours and then the private tours and then I might actually hold a few actual geology tours but for me to do the private tours I need to invest in a money bus I need to make sure I have everything in place all the correct insurances and stuff and I'm just like whoa this is yeah a bit like phew, a lot that's to a do lot. well you've got the world's your oyster in front mm-hmm. of you so yeah. um, thanks so much for coming in keep doing what you're doing um, you're, I, I think you're going to go into great and wonderful things I think this is just the, the start for you so, aye this is uh, maybe it, my own TV show as well absolutely but you know <laughs> absolutely so thanks very much for making the time you come in oh, uh, especially you. when you're doing a night shift uh, oh honestly I don't know how I'm going to survive the night <laughs> I'll be okay it'll be fine excellent thank yeah. you very much no thank you again for having me no, much appreciated <laughs> that was class I like that <laughs>